0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: It is an absolutely beautiful Thursday afternoon here in Acadiana, and you are listening to Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles. Charles Southwest, Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, reporting to you live from Westminster Christian Academy in Opelousas, as tonight I will be on the call of the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week between Westminster and St. Edmunds. Chad Jones and I will bring you the call on News Talk 98.5 with pregame at 6.45 and kickoff set for 7. Back in Karen Crow at Delta Media. In the master control suite is our main guy, James Mesh. James, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
2: What's up? I've noticed that you found the deepest, darkest corner of <laughs> of the press box. Look,
1: look, man! I got up here. I got up here, and uh-huh. they said radio guys usually sit here. And I said, "Okay."
2: You didn't tell them who you were. I mean, I. <laughs> you didn't tell them I that you're Mister Big Time.
1: I, I I can't pull out Mister Big Time all the time. I just I feel know, like this would that, have been one of
2: the times that you should have.
1: I mean, that's fair. Uh, the, the corner that I tried to go in would have been much much better in, in terms of lighting, but I do believe that that's where the coaches sit. So uh, you know, it, it is what it is you make do with what you got, and uh, you know, we keep rolling. and uh, let's start. We were going to start with some some Pell's conversation, but uh, there's a little bit of breaking news that we need to get to. Yay! According to Adam Schefter, Jamar Chase is expected to miss the next four to six weeks with a hip issue. It nope. Could, it could very well place him on the IR.
0: No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 No!
2: I feel that since he's in my dynasty
1: yeah that's but hey, at least it's your dynasty, and you know you have him long term and not it's not like a just a this year thing could yeah be, but could I ag-
2: I was planning on making trades to try and compete for this year
1: uh, then I understand, but you know, probably so're the Bengals. and now you know
2: Tyler Boyd's eh. stocks are all the way up now you're definitely not getting
1: yeah. them, yeah, I was about to say I'm not getting them in trade for with you anymore, am I nope <laughs> no shot. <laughs> But that's fine, Uh, because I look peachy for shipping him off for Jonathan Taylor and Mark Andrews last week.
2: Oh, yeah, (laughs) you swindled him.
1: I look absolutely peachy. Sorry, sorry, JK. I mean, it's just...
2: Two and six, baby, two and six. It is
1: what it is. Oh, bro, I'm finishing eight and six. Don't you call it a comeback either.
2: Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Who's your wide receiver one?
1: Uh, Rashad Bateman.
2: Nice. Sick, yeah. sick, sick lineup.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sick lineup, bro. But I do have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm, I've, I've got something going for me. Actually, a different league. I keep getting my league gonna I was going to uh, say, hold on. Yeah, wide, wide receiver one's Rashad Bateman, and I also have Josh Reynolds. And then on my uh-huh. bench, I've got <laughs> – my wrong. bench is nothing but wide receivers. It's Corey Davis, Devin Duvernay, K.J. Osborne, Rondell Moore, and Romeo Dobbs. Incredible. So if anybody in the crunch time league, you know, feels like parting with a with a slightly above average wide receiver, we could we we could make something happen.
2: Define average. Uh,
1: seven seven oh six zero one one one. If you want to get in on the game hotline and here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium thirty two point three and channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. So James, back to a football standpoint with this injury news. You know, this kind of comes at the worst possible time for the Bengals because they started off really slow. And then, you know, they've kind of picked up speed a little bit here over the last couple weeks, getting back-to-back wins over NFC South teams. And, I mean, now you're you're down an all-pro wide receiver for six weeks.
2: Yeah, it's really... And I don't... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I was just going to chime in and say that yeah, it's it's a really tough loss, especially with a stretch and you potentially trying to make a deep playoff run again and try and get to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and then, you know, I was just going to add on to it. Not only is Jamar Chase an all-pro wide receiver, he's got the most chemistry with Joe Burrow, being that they played for two years together at LSU. So, yeah, I mean, it's a super unfortunate situation here. Uh, for the Bengals uh, that Jamar Chase will be out for the next six weeks once again with a hip issue. And according to Adam Schefter, he is a very high candidate for actually being placed on the IR. Um, So interested to see what the Bengals will do there to attack that situation. They play the Browns on Monday night, which more likely than not, you can hear it right here on the game. But now, you know, looking looking ahead – uh, more NFL stuff. We talked about the Saints at nauseam yesterday. James, are, are you still, you know, down in the dumps and, and woe is me that Red Rifles your starting quarterback?
2: I'm not as emotional as I was yesterday. I did get to sleep it off. So I'm not as emotional as you were heated yesterday. I still don't like it though. Because I mean, to I, me I don't know that many people do. Because to me with the deficiencies of the defense to me, your best chance at that point is having to get into a potential shootout, which is why you've seen, on average, 31 points a game with Andy Dalton under center. But on average, what? They've given up, what, 33, 34? 30, 40. So, so if that's the case, what's your better option in a shootout for you to potentially win? Andy Dalton? 50. Or Jameis? 50 gajillion. That's That's my thing, but... With the um, fact that I'm he is, the, with the fact that he's supposedly healthy, and they're and they're still Would not even see- considering him that, and they're and they're saying, well, we're just going to roll with Andy because the offenses look smooth. Well, to be fair, you've seen it become more smooth because Taysom Hill's become a much bigger role, and it makes it easier to move the ball down the field when you have the Taysom Hill package, and you actually use it not twice per game, and you actually use it. 8, 9, 10, 11 times. It makes it a lot easier you to see, score. Here's here's my thing,
1: though. You know, they, they want to say that Jameis Winston is healthy. Is he, though? Because, you know, now maybe he can put a cleat on without being in pain. But can he play for 60 minutes pain-free and at the top of his game? Now, I'm not, I'm not in the facility on airline drive every single day, so I can't say that with absolute conviction. My guess would be no. So in that case, I wouldn't call him healthy. Because if you, if you throw that word around and say, oh, he's healthy, well, then why isn't he playing?
2: That's what I'm saying.
1: Why, why, why are you paying him $30 million to sit on the bench? I don't care if he's trash. You paid him 30 million dollars. God, cuz let me let me tell you something. Somebody wants to pay me 15 million dollars a year to sit on a bench? Things things could be done.
2: I was going to say, where do I, I mean, sign up for that?
1: Right, that's easy money. I I just the 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 narrative that, that has come out of, regarding I this wonder, whole
2: situation. I almost wonder, we've talked about this a little bit more. I don't know how much this is the case, but I wonder if they're also looking at Jameis mentally. Not just physically, because over the last couple of years, the NFL and people nowadays were starting to look more at mental health. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering, is Jameis' mental health in check? Not just his physical health.
1: It's very fair. That's very fair. Um And then you because know, if he if he's
2: not in the right headspace to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, well then you may you may not have a choice, and you may just have to roll with him. And it's you yep. just also use the excuse of, well, I mean, Andy is they they're scoring thirty one points a game. I mean, the one win was just about solely because of Taysom and his four touchdowns, but.
1: Look, I, I, I forgot who posted it on Twitter, but I saw something yesterday, and it was, a, it was a GIF of somebody sleeping peacefully. And it said, the amount of sleep that I'm losing over this quarterback situation because I know they're both trash. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> I'm losing no sleep. Re- regardless of who you play, neither one of them are good. Can Jameis get back to being good? Maybe. But is he going to be good in New Orleans? I don't think so. He doesn't fit.
2: You'd have to make a major change. He fit
1: under Sean, well, right. We we talked about that yesterday. He fits so well under Sean Payton's system. But now that Sean Payton's not it's not Sean Payton's system anymore, James doesn't fit.
2: Look at look at how it is in New York or in New Jersey or East Rutherford, whatever you want to go with. With, with the Giants. I mean, everybody was saying Daniel Jones is trash and they kept going with it, but they signed and now Brian he's Dable. It. He, he's. They're now. Lo- he's looking better. I mean, you got a QB whisperer yeah, as and, your head and coach, and now we,
1: and now we, and now we legitimately call Daniel Jones Danny Danny Dimes. Yep, it's not a joke anymore. The dude's actually throwing dime.
2: He's actually looking um, better as a quarterback.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, so, look, I, I think it's just gonna be one of those things where let's get through this year, and then we hit a giant reset button this offseason.
2: Now, something, uh, something. since I don't want to say that the season is totally lost, but, I mean, you're not going to go very far at this point unless something crazy happens. But I think there's a couple of names to throw out there for potential trades that we can talk about later on in the show for the Saints that could be trade, interesting. players that they could trade away to get assets and get other players so for, a player, for, like, 2023,
1: 2024. A player that has popped up a lot. In, in the trade market that I, I don't think has any legitimacy to is uh, is Alvin Kamara and <laughs> I don't know if you saw this James but apparently Alvin is uh is playing into the narrative. Uh, he posted a tweet about 15 minutes ago and it's the GIF of Michael Jackson from the Thriller video eating the popcorn.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and people are losing their minds in the comments. A.K. knows exactly what he's doing.
2: Oh yeah, he's just toying he's with just everybody's emotions.
1: Right. He's like, "Hmm, am I going somewhere? Maybe find out." But the Saints aren't trading him.
2: I was gonna say it'd be it'd be <laughs> funny if he went to like uh like a hotel dot com, and like typed in I don't know Philly. Yeah, yeah, Philly, Philadelphia in a hotel hotels in Philly for a
1: week. Yeah, right, right, right. Um. Because look, here's the thing. The only way I'm trading him to the Eagles is if I get my first and second back that I gave them in the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson deal or in the Ave deal. That's the only way I'm trading Kamara to the Eagles. You want to give me those that, that first and second back? We could talk.
2: Which somehow the Eagles are Otherwise, so good at negotiating that they'd probably turn it into, we'll give you a third, but you still have to pay for 99% of Albert's right. contract.
1: Right, right. We'll pay Kamara a dollar, and you owe him the rest. But we'll,
2: we'll okay. give you a third rounder. But we'll, we'll take him. Fair. Deal. <laughs> Pleasure doing he, business with like, you.
1: Go, let's, well, let's go back to the Robert Quinn deal yesterday. So, you know, you, you and I disagreed on his value because I thought he was worth more than a fourth.
2: But You were, you know, you were saying do a first.
1: Because he's still a top pass rusher. But again, re- regardless... I I sat there and I thought about it more. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe a a third, fourth feels about right. But then you look at the fact that the Bears are still going to pay the majority of his salary. Yeah. Dude, the Eagles are robbing Chicago blind. Robbing them blind. Because now the Eagles beef up their d line gave up a day-three pick, boo-hoo, and are only paying a small microcosm of Robert Quinn's salary.
2: And you talk about it, but, I mean, we had talked about it before. You you go back to the 18-and-a-half sacks for him in 2020, but if you look at er, 2021, 20, last year he uh, had 18-and-a-half. If you look at it in twenty twenty, he only had two so far this year. He's only had one, and it's weird because he'll have one or two good years, but then following that, he'll have one or two years of being mid. But then again, so it's like he's again, also like, thirty two like, like on the back end of his of his uh
1: like we but like we discussed yesterday off the air twenty twenty is a fluke because everything was thrown off in twenty twenty because of the pandemic. You were playing in empty stadiums. And everything was thrown off um and if I remember correctly, I'd have to go back and double check this, but I'm pretty sure Robert Quinn dealt with an injury in twenty twenty I don't think he played all sixteen games um but regardless i I do get what you're saying he has a breakout year, and then he has a year or two where he you know kind of comes back down to earth, but I still think you know the the Eagles the Eagles got away with paying very little for a player that's immediately going to step in and help them. So on today's show at 4.30, we're going to be joined by Noah Frary. He is a play-by-play broadcaster for the Sunbelt Conference and host of the Frary and Smith podcast covering all things Sunbelt football. He will join us to talk about the league as a whole, and we'll dive deep into tonight's contest with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And then at 5.30, Chris Connor of Boot Crew Media will join us. We'll talk about the Pels and their impressive 3-1 and start, including beating the Mavs the other night without B.I., Zion, and Herb Jones. All that and more coming up in today's edition of Crunch Time. Once again, 337 706 if you want to get in on the game hotline. And you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens will travel to South Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Thursday night football. You can listen to all the action live right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Pre-game starts at 7, kickoff set for 7.20. That's Ravens at Bucks here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, we have audio from the Saints and the Pelicans before they take the court once again later this week right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros Crunch time, 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 23 after the hour. Once again, the New Orleans Pelicans off to a 3-1 and one start here on the season. We'll talk about that here in a second. The Saints, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave and Paulson Adebo met with the media earlier this week. And Kamara, the message that Kamara had that – he said that the Saints need to do a better job of calling out the bad habits.
3: It's, you know, all this stuff we know, you know, in the, in the profession that we're in, we know it's, it, what's, what's bad and what's good, what's right and what's not. And, I mean, sometimes it's kind of like when it, when it goes, it's, it's noticed, but when, it, when it's, nobody speaks on it, it kind of just gets like swept under the rug, swept under the rug, even if it's little, like, you know, jumping off sides in practice. It happens in the game. So then you look back and you're like, oh, it was happening all week in practice and nobody said nothing. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, I I focus on little things. So I think about, I try not to like, like super and like be be like micromanaging so many things. But like, I think about that when stuff like that happens in the game. Like, oh, well, this happened, this happened, this happened and it's been happening consistently. So when it gets to the game and it happens, it's like nobody checked anybody for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's now it's okay in the game and it's happening and happening. We've gotten better, you know what I'm saying? But I think it does resonate when somebody, like, speaks up. So I'll be trying to say what i got to say.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it seems like the Saints have been lacking that, especially now that the Drew and Sean Payton are gone, is that there's no – I don't feel like there's a whole lot of accountability in that locker room. Uh, you know, you've heard multiple reports that practices have gotten, you know, lighter and, and less disciplined under Dennis Allen. And, you know, James, you're seeing it on the field.
2: Yeah, it feels like they either don't know how to tackle they forgot how, or at some points it just feels like they just don't want to. Yeah I, I hear it, it, I hear that they say that they want to turn this around from certain people, but at the same time I'm 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 watching their effort and it feels like at some points are you sure? Are you sure you wanna win? Right. It doesn't right. look like it.
1: And you know, talking about bad habits, you know, Kamara talked about the jumping off sides. Camara talked about, you know, the the just being lazy in practice and whatnot. You know, there there's a lot of there's just a lot of little things like he said that that are adding up into into big issues, and I think that's a big reason why the Saints are two and five. And you know, you you look at Kamara specifically. James, I, I kind of feel like could you maybe take the off the field drama from Kamara and, and factor that into you know maybe as a small piece of of the issues here with the with the drama. Let's go to the hotline now 337-706-0111. Martin, what's up? Oh, not too much. You sound like your spirits
4: are a little bit. Uh better today this afternoon than they were yesterday.
1: Yeah, ha- having having a better day. There's there's no question about that. What's up?
4: Uh so yeah, I mean you know, I'm just kinda thinking, you know, the same situation, you know, going into this next offseason and everything. You know, now uh I was just wondering who's gonna be some. I mean, one of the needs that the same needs obviously is a quarterback. Now who's gonna be some of the quarterbacks that could be in the free agency? Yeah, I mean I mean it's not gonna be like there's gonna be any franchise quarterbacks in the uh you know, I mean maybe I mean I was thinking maybe Ryan Tannehill or somebody I mean Jimmy G, I don't know. No San is gonna end up. But I mean, uh but I mean another name I was thinking, I mean, bring back is uh Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, would you take him over Andy Dalton? I mean, even though, I mean, the Saints are going to need to do, like you said, a re, just a total re-overhaul, you know what I'm saying? I mean, defense, you know, I mean, defensive line, all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, but I mean, who's some of the names that might possibly be out there that the Saints could possibly kind of, uh, bring in and kind of keep them afloat for the next few years until they can find, you know, a young quarterback, you know, but that's all I have, man, and, uh, you all can kind of chime in on that. But, uh, appreciate you, yeah. man.
1: Appreciate, appreciate you, Martin. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the list, Baker Mayfield's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Uh, Sam Darnold's an unrestricted free agent this off season. Jimmy G, Teddy Bridgewater. Daniel Jones is an unrestricted free agent this offseason, although I imagine that the Giants will pay him. Uh, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Geno, uh, Mike White, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. Chase, no, not Chase Daniel. Um, Cooper Rush is an unrestricted free agent this off season. That's interesting. And then you know, one guy that that I really like that I just don't believe has gotten a a fair shake in the last couple of years is. I mean, James. Do you think Gardner Minshew? I was gonna. Could, say, that's what I. Could that's what I you? was thinking.
2: I love could, Gardner could Minshew, Minshew. Could Could Minshew Mania lead us? I. I don't think it'd be very far, but it'd be a fun time to have him there, to Adam, say the he's least.
1: Only, he's only twenty six.
2: You could probably get him for very cheap. Yeah, he's he's a backup right now for Philly. So,
1: right. I mean, a, 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 what what would a one year deal be? Right out of mill.
2: Yeah. Maybe. And it's like depending like, on what picks you have, or let's say you do hypothetically go get a, a young quarterback in the draft, you have him sit. I still say maybe keep Andy as another option that way. I mean, it's not going to be fun. You're probably going to end up having to go back and forth again. But to me, having a more veteran presence like Andy, who's been to the playoffs, that's why I was fine with him being there. I only wanted him for a couple games if you needed him to, but the way the situation's been, obviously it's been a lot different. But I think if you can keep Andy for another year and you get a quarterback actually in the draft and you do your due diligence... And get somebody somewhat earlier, just somebody that you see that could be a diamond in the rough, you have them sit and not have them be like a, a Garrett Grayson or yeah. whatever, and they sit behind a veteran Andy
1: is another guy to look out for is a uh, is, is a man who's a backup quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals right now that they wrote a uh, they wrote a rap song about him oh my. good old good old Trace mcSorley hey man. Hey, Are you saying I just be a potential again, starter? I, I, I mean, why not? Can it can it let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can it be worse than Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston? Probably. McSorley hasn't been given a McSorley hasn't been given an opportunity to start in the league. We don't know what he's capable of.
2: The few games that he's played, it's it's not like he really dazzled you. People people I remember whenever he went in for that like Wednesday COVID game. And he threw a seventy-yard touchdown. It's because he ran it. They, he threw a five-yard hitch, and the wide receiver went the rest of the way. And that was like the lone, I mean, lone big score for the the Ravens that game. So I'm like, I, I'm not basing everything off of that, but to me, you're putting all your trust for at least a year into Trace McSorley. No, nah. nah. I, I'll pass I, on that.
1: I, I like, I like me. I, I like Trace McSorley. You love. He you throws s- it on a dime
2: every time. He's just a kid from Briarwood wearing number nine, but he can't wear it if he's wearing the Saints. Nine. But he couldn't with Out the Saints. There. I mean, he could. And and it was he's not fu- retired. No, but I mean, come on. You can't do that to Drew. I'm
1: just saying. But I'm just saying. I mean,
2: and we're talking about Trace McSorley, and he was a former Raven, and it's funny enough. I made the poll question: Who's going to be who's going to win tonight's matchup between the Ravens and Bucks. And with that, I mean, that's the start of NFL Week 8. You can start off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. A parlay that I made is the Ravens' money line, Lamar Jackson over on his rushing yards, and then a Mike Evans anytime touchdown. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. 3-plus leg, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet, $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. stop will take a time out. Noah
1: Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast joins us next for a preview of the Cajuns and Golden Eagles right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana.
0: You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 437.
1: Almost 438 after the hour. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, you're locked into crunch time here on the game. Southwest Louisiana station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We are joined by Noah Frary, the host of the Frary and Smith podcast. He is also a play-by-play broadcaster for both the Sunbelt and the ACC. Noah, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you?
5: Yeah, Matt, looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking some Raging Cajun's football.
1: Okay, so so before we get into that, let me first offer my, my condolences to you as a as a New York Yankees fan. Uh, yeah, I, I can't lie, I, I loved watching what my Houston Astros did to your Yankees up in the Bronx.
5: I think if uh, if you wanted me to hang up early on this interview, that was the right way to start. But, yeah, definitely uh, a tough uh, – it's been a tough week for me. It's been honestly a tough, uh, what, five years as we seem to lose to the Houston Nationals every year in the ALCS. I, I will say this. I was at the Game 6 in 2017 in Houston, and that is still the greatest baseball experience that I've ever had. So I will give it up to you guys. I love that stadium, and I hope to make it back down there again at some point. I just don't like being a Yankee fan when I go there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. The juice box is fantastic. Um, one more Yankees question before we, we dive into the Sun Belt. Aaron Judge is a free agent this off season. Does he return to the Bronx?
5: Well, I can tell you that that is what I anxiously uh, refresh my Twitter feed every day, wondering. Um I thought it was a foregone conclusion, but after you know how this year ended and the cost, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion. I hope so. I grew up in the age of Derek Jeter, and he's the closest that we have had uh, since then. So I'm definitely partial, and I hope he comes back. But I think it's going to come down to the money, and we'll see if the two of them can make it work.
1: Let's talk about the Sun Belt now. You know, looking at just a couple of teams that have really stood out, uh, let's start with the performance of the, the Dukes in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is Madison. And, you know, just first year in the FBS, they've really taken the, the league and, and the national media by storm. You know, just kind of talk about the, the Sun Belt as a whole up to this point. Who's really stood out to you? Who's kind of disappointed you? Things like that.
5: Yeah, I mean, it has been an outstanding season. I think you bring up James Madison, uh, you know, what, two weeks ago, they're ranked number 25 in the country, and then they've gone on to lose the last two games. I kind of discount last week's loss a little bit to Marshall because Todd Tao misses that game, and I think it really went to show just how big of a piece he is for JMU. Um, you know, Troy's been really impressive this year. They obviously went to South Alabama last week in the midweek, on a Thursday night and took down the Jags who have looked like the best team in this conference for most of the year. So Troy's looked really solid. I think South Alabama's looked good. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina, I've had a chance to see them in person. I think when you see them in person, they look better than maybe the stats show. So I'm definitely interested to see how the shots play the rest of the year. Um, I think that they're kind of the inside favorite to get to that championship game out of the East. But uh, if we have learned anything this year in Sunbelt football it is to expect the unexpected and I think it's kind of tough at this point to really project how the rest of this season is going to go
1: let's do some mid-season awards at the season into today who's your offensive player of the year
5: yeah I think that's easy and I said his name a few moments ago it's Todd Centaio the guy has been outstanding this year um you know, with the exception of those three interceptions against Georgia Southern, he had had, you know, a very solid season. Um, he's up there in a lot of categories in the country, so Todd probably has to be my pick right now as Offensive Player of the Year.
1: And is Carlton Marshall your Defensive Player of the Year?
5: Yeah, he's up there. I, I mean, there's several, you know, really good linebackers in this league, and if you look back at history, it tends to come out of the linebacking role. I think he has definitely. Put himself in that conversation. I think a sleeper, if we're going just based on pure numbers right now, Jason Henderson up at Old Dominion has been incredible. He leads all of Division One in tackles this year. He's been flying all over the field. And so I think he's probably got the inside shot. I think there's probably some sentiment that they'd love to give it to Marshall. And I think what we'll have to see is if he indeed does break the Division One tackling record. Is that enough to give it to him in his final season as kind of a last hurrah? And then ultimately, Jason Henderson up at Old Dominion has a couple of years left to uh, become that defensive player of the year. But I think it's probably going to be one of those two players if I was a betting man right now.
1: And then lastly, your special teams player of the year.
5: Man, that's a tough one. Um, You know, there's been a lot of good special team performances this year. I think we're going to talk some Louisiana football in a second. And, you know, their special team player, Eric Guerrer has been really good this year. Um, You know, I think he's one of many that could potentially be in that spot. That's always kind of a unique one because it's it's just challenging. Uh, You know, someone could break a couple of big runs uh, later on in this season and things could change in an instant. So it's tough to tell.
1: Let's look at the Cajuns now. You know, you, four and three on the year started off two and three before reeling off two big wins over Marshall and Arkansas State. In both of those wins, Ben Woolridge played quarterback for all four quarters and absolutely dazzled in both of them. How impressed have you been with the Fresno State transfer in Woolridge?
5: Yeah, I mean all season long, Caden and I, if you've listened to the Frarian Smith podcast at all, you know, I think we were frustrated with the fact that Louisiana hadn't settled on a quarterback. Um and it felt like that they were forced to go away from Chandler Fields because of the injury he sustained a couple weeks ago. And Woolbridge has been really good. Um, you know, it, it feels like every week he plays, he gets more comfortable. Uh you obviously saw what he did last week with that huge performance. Um I love what he brings to the field. I think he's got a grit and a tenacity. I like his ability to break a run when he needs to. Uh, he's really good at throwing that downfield ball. And uh, To me, I, I really do feel like the Raging Cajuns have, have found their guy. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the guy the rest of the year, but certainly he deserves to be run out there until he has a bad performance. Uh, but he's he, he's looked really good lately, and I feel like that's kind of led some of the resurgence uh, of this Louisiana team that kind of looked out early on in the season.
1: Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast joining us here on Crunch Time. You know, again, looking at the Cajuns, Michael Desermo in his first year as head coach, you know, again, four and three kind of has the team clicking right now on a two-game win streak with a big Sun Belt West matchup tonight against Southern Miss. How would you grade the performance of Coach Desermo so far?
5: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was tough. I, I mean, Cade and I have talked a lot about the. it felt like the cupboard was raided a little bit uh, once Billy Napier left for Florida. Uh, a lot of guys transferred out. A lot of guys went with Billy. Um, but there's still a lot of talent in Louisiana. I think right now I'd probably have to give him, a C plus to a B minus. I feel like that's probably fair. Um, you know, they just haven't looked great early on in the season. I think the defense has been has been really good for Louisiana. So, but the offense has has not been as good as we've come to expect. But I think we probably thought that there was going to be a drop off when you lose guys like Levi Lewis. Um, so the offense is still a question mark. The defense, you know, which I think we're going to see a lot of in this game tonight, has been one of the best in the league. So. You know, I'd have to give them a B minus right now, but if they're able to win this game and maybe knock off a Troy or a Georgia Southern, you're trending to a you know a B plus grade uh, if they can really turn it around here at the end of the year.
1: Looking at the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss now, Will Hall and Austin Armstrong are two coaches that the Cajuns are very familiar with. Hall was the Cajuns' offensive coordinator in 2017, and then Austin Armstrong was the inside linebackers coach for the Cajuns back in 2019, 2020. Uh, just kind of talk about both of those coaches and what they do well to to have Southern Miss in this position.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think what you've seen from Southern Miss is much like maybe we've described from Louisiana this year. They're very solid on defense. Um, they, for the second year in a row, have kind of dealt with a carousel a little bit at the quarterback position. I really feel like Zach Wilkie is starting to, you know, solidify himself as that starter, but he's thrown a little bit too many interceptions for my liking. I think this was always going to be a process at Southern Miss. It's a very passionate fan base, as I've come to learn since they joined the league in the last you know, couple of months. But um, There's a lot of pride down there in Hattiesburg, and I think Will Hall is the guy that is going to bring this program back. He, he's a good recruiter, and I think you're starting to see things trend in the right direction for Southern Miss. I've never been on the Southern Miss bandwagon this year. I feel like they're more of that team that's going to play spoiler. I don't look at them as a legitimate contender for this conference championship this year. But if things continue to trend in the direction that they're going right now, um, this is going to be a Southern Miss team that's going to provide a lot of challenges in the West, which I think is fantastic for the Sun Belt because then you're looking at teams like Troy and South Alabama, Southern Miss in Louisiana in the rivalry aspect of that. Like things might get a little spicy down in uh, that part of the country if all four of those teams start to fire on all cylinders.
1: You know, looking at Southern Miss once again, Frank Gore Jr. at running back, and you know the expectation just by hearing his name is that oh, you know he he's going to be a talented, hard-headed runner, and you know he's kind of the leader of what Southern Miss calls the Super Back offense. Uh, it's very similar to the Wildcat, but they just do it in in such a unique way. You know, talk about that offense and and how they can really damage opposing defenses.
5: Yeah, I mean, we saw the Superback early on this year. Um, it, You know, it's sometimes the reason I believe for that is just we want to get the football in our best players' hands, and I think right now Frank Gore Jr. is probably one of the best players on this Southern Miss squad. Um, you know, he was a little bit underwhelming to start the year, I'll just say it. I mean, he had a good performance in the first game of the year, kind of dropped off, but He has shown throughout his career, if you look back to last year's stats, that he turns it on in the second half of the season. He's starting to do that. Um, He's rushed for 187 yards over his last two games uh, when you combine those totals. So, to me, he's a player that's starting to heat up. And, you know, obviously the pedigree is there. He's a lethal back in the open field. He could be a bruiser, too. So, he's a really solid piece. And, you know, I think running is going to be important in this game. We've seen throughout these midweek games recently in the Sun Belt that they tend to not be these offensive showcases because of the short weeks. Um, so I think whichever team runs the football a little bit better in this game is probably going to come out victorious.
1: You know, you talked, Noah, about the both defenses and this being a defensive-heavy matchup tonight. Give me the X factors for both teams.
5: Yeah, I think for me, if... Southern Miss chooses to throw the football. This secondary of Louisiana needs to continue to step up. They've, they've been really good all season long. They're tied with Marshall, uh, for the most interceptions in the conference. They've had 10 different guys pick it off. But if I was going to pick a single player on that defense right now, it'd probably be Braylon Trahan. Uh, I feel like he's going to be an X factor tonight. If, if Wilkie, you know, tries to throw one downfield and Trahan is there, uh, look for him maybe to pick up another interception. He's got three. He's up towards the top in the conference. Uh, and he's been kind of leading that secondary, so I think that's going to be key for Louisiana. Uh, if you're looking at Southern Miss, to me, it comes down to their ability to get to the quarterback. Um, Southern Miss—they come into this game, they they lead or they're tied for first in the conference for 25 sacks this year. They've been able to get to the quarterback a lot in the last couple of games. Um, and then you know, you look at you know, when you when you talk about Southern Miss's ability to get the quarterback, you have to talk about Louisiana's ability to keep teams out of the backfield. They've been really good, so I think that's going to kind of be the battle to watch in this game. If Southern Miss gets to Wooldridge early on in this game, uh, it might be a long night for the Raging Cajuns.
1: Who wins and why?
5: Man, that's a tough one. Um, I think this game is – I think you could go either way. Um, You know, Vegas has this as a one-point line over under about a little over 43, so they're expecting a low-scoring affair. Um, you know, I think if this game was being played at Cajun Field, I'd probably be going with Louisiana, but um, there's just, it's tough to win down in Hattiesburg. And, you know, honestly, if you look back in history, it's historically been tough for Louisiana to win in Hattiesburg. I think they're 1-22 yeah. in all-time down there. Um, yep. You know, Southern Miss has done a nice job this year of winning tight games. And so to me, I think Southern Miss has the inside track, but This is about as big of a game. you know. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and you might call this a must-win game for Louisiana because they've got Troy and Georgia Southern coming up, and then you go to Florida State and round out the season with Texas State. Unless you upset either Troy or Georgia Southern, if you lose this game, uh, there might not be a bowl bid in in the cards for Louisiana. So they need to win this game. I think Southern Miss has a better chance of getting to a bowl game if they lose. But I think this is a must-win game early on right now for Louisiana.
1: Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast joining us here for a preview of Louisiana and Southern Miss. Noah, really appreciate you taking the time. Great insight into both teams. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk soon.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to watching the football game. So, you guys have a great night. Thanks for having me on.
1: And there he goes, Noah Frary. The only thing standing in the way of the Houston Astros claiming a second World Series championship are the Philadelphia Phillies. Listen to every pitch, clutch, hit, and thrilling moment of Game 1 of the World Series this Friday night on News Talk 98.5. Astro launch begins at 6.30. First pitch is set for 7.03, and you can listen to it all live on News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. We'll take a timeout. wrap up hour number one after this here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for those Houston Astros and
0: LSU Tigers you know the routine eat drink sleep and sports all day every day you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
2: what's poppin', ball welcome back to crunch time here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles one thing i want to tell you about whether you've lis- been listening to us for a while or if this is your first time let me tell you about the game rewards club it's so good that we can help you with your date night blues why you ask well it's because once you become a member of our Rewards club you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes like a 150 dollars gift certificate to mr lester steakhouse at cypress bayou or a 50 dollars gift certificate to half Shoal oyster house or even a twenty five dollar gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Reward Club Clubhouse at the 1037theGame.com or 1041TheGame.com. It's free, it's simple. So go ahead and sign up today. We've got just about a minute left before we hit that hour recap looking at the poll question as we just got updates. Who's winning this Thursday night football matchup? Is it the Ravens or the Bucks? Currently, the Ravens are winning 60% compared to the Bucks 40%. Looking in the second hour really quickly, we're going to talk some Saints and some potential trade targets for them, who they could get rid of and try and fear up some space, as well as we're going to talk about those New Orleans Pelicans with Chris Conner later on. Don't miss any of the action. We're going to be back in just a few minutes for hour number two. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers, Houston Astros. Game one will be tomorrow night, and you'll be able to listen to it on News Talk 98.5.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Our number two here on a Thursday. It's Crunch Time on the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 502. Here on your Thursday earlier in the show, we talked about the Jamar Chase news being out four to six weeks with a hip injury. What we didn't touch on is the fact that the Chiefs have added yet another wide receiver. The Chiefs have traded a conditional third and a sixth round draft pick to the New York Giants for the services of wide receiver Kadarius Tony. James Mesh,
2: my NFL man, what's your thoughts? I think it's good for the Giants. I mean, they it feels like they kind of had too many receivers it was a little too much of a rotating door for them because you still have Kenny Galladay who don't know why you still have... The only reason you still have him on your team is because you paid him a gajillion dollars to do nothing.
1: A gajillion dollars.
2: That was and a waste. He's,
1: that kind of that feels like a
2: Jarvis Bird type sighting. You ready, you, you ready for a spelling
1: lesson, James? He is T-R-A-S-H.
2: Trash! Woo! Yay! Okay. Um. No, but that's yeah, good but he's, because he's you got you got young receivers and someone that's really been stepping up. That I tried to sell. That I tried to trade to you in that trade last night for Mark Andrews, but you just refused to take him. This helps Wanda Robinson now.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it does. I, I just I can't get rid of a Mark Andrews, man. Not, not, I'm, giving not Zach,
2: I'm giving you Zach. I'm giving you Ertz, Cortland Sutton, and Wandale, Or if you really wanted him, Naeem Hines, and you just you were like, mm, I yeah, couldn't, I I'm couldn't, good. I can't downgrade from the number Cortland, two tight end to number three tight end. Because Cortland Sutton's not worth it. He has a trash quarterback. He's still your best. He would still be your best receiver.
1: You think you think Courtland Sutton's better than a healthy uh, Rashad Bateman? Interesting.
2: I think they're on the same level, but I would give the so, edge to Cortland. And then I would also be giving you Wandale or your handcuff in case Jonathan Taylor goes down to Naeem Hines. And then that you'd, is fair. and then that you'd still fair. be getting and then you'd still be getting a tight end who may not always get you 25 and be a boom or a bust guy, but he'd be a more consistent play at tight end for you. He's not going to why you with 30 points, but you're consistently going to see double digits each week. Well, God, James, you're just making it all make sense, aren't you? Yep, I am, God. which is why I'm still confused why you declined it. James technically, is such a you sense never, maker. Technically, you never did decline it. You just didn't respond. I, I didn't respond. You're absolutely right. Um, I got ghosted.
1: You, you got left on red, you... Loser! Idiot. You idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, you know, we, we talked about the Pels earlier. We're going to talk about them a little later on with Chris Connor. You, t- you touched on the injuries. You touched on the trades. Let's look at tonight's game a little bit. The Ravens and the Bucks. you know... Tom Brady is a loss away from the worst start in his NFL career. And Lamar Jackson
2: is quietly looking like another MVP candidate. The only reason that you don't hear about them more is because the defense has given up double-digit leads in the fourth quarter three different times? Right. Yeah, And that's and that's with a supposed really good secondary, with one of them being Marcus Williams, who has been injured. So can't really blame him. But overall, it's, it's not like this defense, we always talk about how good it is, but it's so easily able to give up so many passing yards. I.e., we saw it twice last year with Cincinnati, and then we saw it this year with Miami, as you gave up a gajillion passing yards in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, buddy. Yes, you did. And you know like what do you what do you even do in that scenario? you know in terms of if you're the Ravens, you know, obviously you've got Lamar and you're hoping to have a healthy Mark Andrews tonight, but you're going to have to be able to put points on a Bucks defense that is riddled with injuries right now. So if you're if you're the Ravens and you're Lamar Jackson, you know, in your mind what's the best way to to attack that hurt Bucks defense.
2: I think you do what your usual game plan is is to just run it down their throat and use it to set up the pass, but I mean, that's why I took the over on Lamar's rushing yards because I think him running around that could help them because I mean, how many people in the league can guard and be a spy on Lamar?
1: Yeah,
2: it's true. Devin White's a freak of an athlete, but I mean, we've seen talented linebackers, they struggle against these other athletic QBs sometimes. Yep. I think what you you could do with this, this isn't the same exact situation because it's not necessarily that Devin White is a full-on pass rusher. He can kind of do both in stopping the run and guard the pass and kind of watch the QB, but Kind of, kind of do what Philly did on Sunday Night Football against Dallas when they were kind of just shutting down Micah Parsons. You almost kind oh, of you run mean it when in I had that a direction, and then you bring an extra guy to help block him on a double team.
1: Oh, you mean when I had a flat tire and couldn't watch the game? Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great time. Fun, fun was had by all at the Morgan City Welcome Center. Uh, anyways. 337-706-0111 If you want to get in on the action, and once again in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium thirty two point three and Channel one thirty three on L U S Fiber. James, not sports related, but I do have a question for you. Uh, Halloween is you're Monday. You're a
2: big question guy.
1: I am a big question guy. You know that already, though. So I don't know. I don't know why you you sound surprised. I'm not. Uh, Halloween Halloween is Monday. Yeah. What do you What are you dressing up as?
2: I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure out if I want to do something silly, or if I want to go with, or like, do I want to go like some sports related? Do I want to go based on like a show or a movie, or just like a popular character? Do I just go as one of the generic like ghost ghouls type thing? I don't know. There's a lot of oh options to go with.
1: I am leaning towards. Doing, um, I- I'm gonna be a poor man's
2: Michael Thomas. You're just gonna walk around with the paper that says I'm injured? I don't know.
1: In a Michael Thomas jersey, yeah.
2: Yeah, nice. Are you get you should put mm-hmm. on like a fake cast on your foot. Oh, <laughs> just duct tape and toilet paper. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh man. No, see see if that, you, see if you can go to a hospital and be like, hey, can I borrow a cast? Can can y'all cast me for a day? Just for the I'm, day. I'm gonna, have it's to not come, serious.
1: I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to come back tonight and y'all are gonna have to cut it off. But you know, just help me out. <laughs> no,
2: just go back tomorrow. Just go back tomorrow morning. You're the one that likes to wake oh, up early man. anyway.
1: I do and it's aggravating. Uh but I will say this, you know, b- before we get back to sports, I slept till nine o'clock this morning. Felt incredible. Okay. Absolutely absolutely incredible. Just had to just had to throw that out there. Um so again, you know, going back to the Saints conversation from earlier, looking ahead to their game on Sunday with the Raiders. James, you know, we we talked about Andy Dalton being the starter and it's starting to look like he might be the starter for the remainder of the season. The Raiders Struggled mightily in the first half of the season. It looks like maybe they've started to figure it out a little bit. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams still kind of working on that that new relationship. Well, not really a new relationship. But it was an old relationship that they've had to, you know, rekindle. I guess you could say. I was gonna say they brought uh, it back your, from the dead. What are your What are your early thoughts on on this matchup Sunday in the Superdome?
2: I, th- it's interesting with the Raiders because. You see that they're two and four, and they really struggled going zero and three. But their points for is one hundred and sixty three. I'm trying to do math really quickly compared to only giving up one hundred and fifty. It's really weird. It, they're they, they're scoring low.
1: That's low scoring.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's not like they've really blown out the water. Their highest game was last week against the Texans. They're scoring. Usually mid to high twenties for the most part. Yep. So it, it's just interesting to me how they have more points for than points against. Yet they're two and four.
1: Yeah, you know, a, a, you look at a lot of their games. They're they're close games. You know, not a they they haven't gotten blown out. You got a five a point lot loss this season, a
2: six point loss, a two point right. Loss. A one-point loss to the Chiefs. It's like they've all been relatively close, which is, it's the same thing with the Saints. I think the Saints are two-point underdogs. I'm still gonna take the Raiders. I would take the Raiders spread if would, that was the case. You, 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 you would be wise to do so. Yeah, just take the Raiders money line. Make it you easy. would be, you would be
1: wise to do so. But no, you know, you look at you look at Derek Carr. He's a guy that you know already this year has got 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns to only four interceptions. He's only been sacked 12 times. You know, and then Josh Jacobs, we haven't talked about that guy enough. He's been I mean, a monster. He's just come alive over the last couple of games, averaging 105 yards a game so far this season. So I think that's going to be a key. Can the Saints defense, you know, do a good job of stopping Josh Adams? And then can the secondary – Josh Jacobs, excuse me. And can the defense do a good job – the secondary do a good job of slowing down Devontae Adams? Um, it's going to be a
2: lot more difficult since the uh, the supposed Devontae stopper. It's not looking too good for him.
1: No, Marshawn's probably going to be out. Um. As as well as probably Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry yet again. Hopefully, uh, I have seen some reports though that that Mike could be back for the Monday night game against the Ravens. Uh, which would be which would be encouraging, but uh, yeah, definitely another rough week on the injury front for for the Black and Gold. There's no question about it. Would have if the know,
2: Saints had a bad injury report where they just fill well, out the
1: sheets. That's true. That's very, very true. So it's uh, not like this is, is anything Sunday new. At, that game is Sunday at noon. The Saints desperately need a win to avoid being 2-6 and six on the young season. But, hey, even if you are 2-6, and six, remember this. You're not the Detroit Lions.
3: You're could, also not you, the you Houston be Texans. One
1: of, correct. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are somehow worse than you, um, but you know Kenny Pickett time. Don't forget that Kenny Pickett's going to be a star in this league. I believe it.
2: We love small hands.
1: We love small hands. <laughs>
4: oh my god!
2: Anyways, I would say we'll take a time. Oh, I was going to say I no, would good, say good, good, good. I was going to say it's interesting depending on. If the Bucks lose tonight, I think you'd still have a decent enough chance. Even if you if lose. If the Bucks
1: lose eh, eh. because
2: because they I mean, be you technically
1: still only be a game out.
2: Yeah, but it also kind of depends on how the Falcons play as well because the Falcons do play the Panthers. So you almost feel like we can't say it's a guaranteed win since Tampa did lose to Carolina, right. but it's like but here's the who would you the who thing. you think is going to win, Atlanta or Carolina?
1: If probably Atlanta. Exactly. Probably Atlanta. So then now they'd be in the, the lead. But here's the thing:
2: unless you win, if you win, it makes a lot. It makes things a lot more interesting, and then you you would still be at three wins, but you'd still be yeah. behind Tampa since you lost to them.
1: Technically, yeah. You would be tied, but Tampa would hold the tiebreaker um but I mean, I'd rather be there than still be a game back,
2: yeah, so
1: yeah, I mean, definitely cheering for the Ravens tonight, and then the, the Saints need a win on sunday there's there's no doubt about that, uh because two and six is a is a hard hole to come out of, very, very difficult road ahead for the Saints if they fall. On Sunday, if you want to be one of the first people to see Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, text the word Panther to three three seven two eight three eight one hundred for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the tenth. Once again, text Panther to three three seven two eight three eight one zero zero to win tickets for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Brought to you by the game. Celebrity theaters, and Sherman Insurance. We will take a time out here on Crunch Time, and when we return, we will talk some McNeese Cowboys and some possible trade options for the New Orleans Saints, and we'll do that next here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Tune in every weekday at 8:15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Gotta tell you about one of my favorite places in Acadiana, and that is Suit Up. Fashion tuxedos, suits for all occasions. Wedding party specials down to sportswear. Whatever you need, Suit Up has it for you with professional service. They're going to measure you every time to make you feel important. They've got great deals. Right now they're running a sale on shoes, 65% off, including Johnston and Murphy, and a suit special, two for $350. dollars you got three locations in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey in New Iberia and now open in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. Suit up. Get dressed up for homecoming at Suit Up. And when you go, tell them that Crunch Time sent you. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 22 after the hour. While we're on the subject of Lake Chuck, let's talk about the McNeese State Cowboys. 1-6 on the year so far. They're currently 7th in the Southland Conference. They've got a big matchup this weekend at home, James, with the Lions of Southeastern Louisiana, who we saw a couple weeks ago at Cajun Field when the Cajuns hosted them to open the season. But one guy that really stands out on the stat sheet for McNeese is running back Deontay McMahon. That man's six hundred and fifty 658 yards on the ground already this season, averaging seven yards a carry with seven touchdowns. I mean, they just can't bring this young man
2: down. He's an absolute freak right now, and he's a large majority of the Cowboys' offense. And I don't blame you. I'd give him the ball as much as I could, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, a a guy that plays like that, there's no question. Um you know the, but the one thing that the Cowboys are kind of struggling with is their quarterback play. I mean Knox Kadum has kind of been the guy for most of the season, but you know he's dealing with a shoulder injury, probably not going to play against Southeastern this Saturday. So they're looking to turn to, to freshman Ryan Roberts in in that role. So you got to figure out the quarterback situation and and it's obviously very early in the Gary Golf era uh and they've and they've dealt with some off the field issues and he's had to he's had to remove some players from the team. So they've had their fair share of issues this year. Uh but once Gary Goff you know gets his recruits in and figures out a way to, to get this team rolling, there's no doubt in my mind that uh McNeese will be back in contention in the Southland conference.
2: Yeah, I I expect them by the end of next year to go on a nice little run. Like I, I think they could win depending on how the schedule looks they could win their last three games or maybe win like the last three out of four and in 2023 on a high note and then have some momentum going into 2024 whenever you could really see McNeese make some noise.
1: One guy that's really been impressive on the defensive side is Cordell Williams. So far 73 tackles on the season, including a sack, Uh you know, he, he's got a big lead in the tackle department next closest guy on the list only has 41 uh so he's had he's had a strong year for the cowboys defense but again one in six isn't great they still have time to turn it around this year but the future in lake charles is incredibly bright all right james you said earlier that you wanted to get to some possible trade options for the new orleans saints
2: yeah, I'm looking at a lot of the contracts expiring for the Saints. Big majority of them are this year coming up in 2023. Some notable ones to me, you know, David Onyemata. I mean, he You got Jarvis Landry. You got Andy Dalton. You got Deontay Hardy. You got a lot of names that play a, a sizable role on this team. And I think if you if you don't see yourself holding on to them and tr- and doing your due diligence to resign them I say you trade them because it's not like you're gonna make a huge impact in this year's playoffs so you might as well regain some assets and kind of just work with what you got left use use some of the young talent that's on your practice squad and elevate them and get them some playing time and see what they can do and have them kind of get a little more ready for next year's training camp. One guy that I look at is trade Marcus Davenport. I feel like you could get a sizable lump sum for him.
1: See, I, I agree with that.
2: I think you can do that. I, I
1: agree with that.
2: Deontay Hardy, that's going to be tough, especially with how soon the trade deadline is coming up. It's going to be on Tuesday. I think it always ends at like 3, 3 o'clock hour time. 3 o'clock central time. It's gonna to be tough to get rid of Deontay since he's injured. But one guy that I look at, if you want to get rid of a wide receiver potentially, that people could be interested or other teams is Marquez Callaway. I like Callaway. It'd be a little tough for me to want to see him go, especially if you're not able to re-sign Jarvis Landry. But if you can get if you can get some decent assets for him. I say you. I say you pull the trigger, and then another guy. He's also on the defensive line. David Onyemata. Yeah,
1: he he's he's a name that if you weren't going to say it, I was going to. Uh, he, he's a guy that still has some value left, and the the Saints need to try to move on from him to maybe recruit, recoup some of the picks that they've lost in, in recent trades. Because right now, I mean. You're staring at giving the Eagles the number six overall pick. Yeah, you. After you need to try and get some Johnson wins together, Johnson. From you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you need to make that pick a lot less valuable than it than it currently is right now. Um, because man, if the Eagles can get a sixth overall pick after possibly making the Super Bowl, yikes! That's going to be a scary group over the next couple of years.
2: Another one that really intrigues me, and I'll get to it really quickly because I see someone calling. Maybe Adam Trotman. His rookie deal doesn't end until 2024, but the dead cap, both years are under 500 k And if you really want to build around Jawan Johnson, that'd be really interesting.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I really like Juwan Johnson. I think the Saints are going to miss him this week if he does not play against the Ravens. I mean, against the Raiders with that injury that he is he is currently dealing with. He was added to the injury report earlier today. So uh, again, you talk about a novel. It gets longer and longer for the New Orleans Saints. Let's go to the hotline now. 337-706-0111. Jacob, what's going on, bud?
6: What's happening, Matt? How you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. So
6: I'm I'm calling in to figure out. So like next year, when Kellen Moore is our head coach, what's going to be our draft plan? Are we going after a quarterback?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Kellen Moore is going to be our head coach. I would actually love to see that. That's like my.
6: Let's pump like the brakes on that a little like bit. Grown up like college football player, last lefty, Boise State, won a ton of games. Hasn't he finished? Let's, I know you're not the biggest Cowboys fan, but hasn't he finished like top five offense of every year
1: he's been an OC? He has, and I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate the idea of Kellen Moore being our head coach. One, but, won four I mean, games with a backup quarterback. I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of a uh, Eric Bieniemy myself. Nah, that dude's got some skeletons in his closet. Uh,
2: that's, that's fair That's fair I was gonna say why um, do you think he's been an OC for so long in KC Exactly But
6: my thought process is Okay what did Sean Payton Where was Sean Payton and in what role was he in Before he got hired at KC?
1: <laughs> He was with the Cowboys
2: Bingo History it sure repeats itself
1: <laughs> Oh my god Oh my god you, you I mean, really, you really, think,
2: Allen, you really think you really think Kellen Moore can those. be the next Sean
1: Payton?
6: I mean, with all the talk about Dennis Allen not making it out of this year, I think Kellen Moore would be one of the top options. He has he runs a good offense, but I just feel like we're still. you were talking about this yesterday or two days ago about how even when the Saints went seven and nine those couple of years with Sean Payton, there was always that feeling of. You know, we're still good. We still got the pieces. Like next year, we're going to make a run. Like there was always that optimism, but it feels like we're headed towards a a major rebuild where we're going to have to like draft. Yeah, the 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 the, first round, the paper the paper bag era. Uh, I don't think paper bag bad.
1: Oof, oof. I'm I'm glad (laughs) you don't. You know,
6: so I don't think it's paper bag bad yet, but I think uh, you know. we need a new quarterback. You know, we need a young dude that we can either develop. As far as the league's going, like there is no Drew Brees out there that we can go and sign. You know, no. you've seen. I'm, I'm, you know me well enough, Matt. I'm, 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 I root for the Colts. Like the Colts are one of my favorite teams, and we tried signing dudes from other teams, giving them a the second chance. Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and Philip no. and the list goes on. Before that, we had set for a year, you know, um,
4: with Andrew Luck yep.
6: retiring. There's no guy out there that you can just sign and pledge like Drew Brees was in, in 06, 05, 06, you know. Um, right. So, so it looks like we're gonna
1: have. To you know, with, and uh, that's why it's coming out of college. And that's why I said it in April, and I'll say it again: the Saints should have drafted Malik Willis.
6: No, dude, no. We saw you No, okay. ...lock that dude down. I, even, I saw a okay. draft today to have the Titans draft in the quarterback in the first round. I don't know if they're that high up on Willis.
2: We're going to end up... We'll, with we'll, we'll see.
6: ...or CJ, or... Will How? Dennis. How? How? Hey, look. We're going to trade something. We don't have a first... We don't have a first or second round pick. We're going to trade something. We're going to figure something out. We're going to trade some future first rounders.
1: Look, if you if, if that comes true, then, you know, great. Oh, I don't see that happening. Kevin
6: Moore, head coach, first round pick, quarterback. Write it down.
1: Boom. Hell, hell freeze over in New Orleans if that
6: happens. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one, fellas.
1: Appreciate you, Jacob. We'll take a timeout here on Crunch Time, and when we return, Chris Connor of Brute Crew Media joins us for a conversation about the 3-1 New Orleans Pelicans right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037TheGame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time 537 as we talk some New Orleans Pelicans with our guy, Chris Connor of Boot Crew Media. What's up, Chris?
7: What's good, man? Enjoying this Thursday. What's, what's up with you?
2: Oh, not too much. I mean, hey, we got some good Pells basketball right now. They're starting off with an th- impressive 3-1 start, and they could have just as easily been 4-0 if it wasn't for a Kelly Olenek kind of wild-ass layup to uh, kind of seal it for them.
7: Yeah, um, you know, man, um, it's very good, especially if you have seen the history of this franchise even for you know a decade. Let's you know, let's throw out the other the other one if you you know, depending on your age. If you just been around for the past ten years, it's really dope, especially early in the year, to see a team even get off to a three 0 one start alone, but have some of the similar adversity that we've seen with some injuries and some key guys out and still find a way to make the game interesting or, you know, flat out win against a quality opponent like the Mavericks. You know, it's just You know, we're used to the excuses as to why things don't happen or why, you know, we talk about luck and all these other elements. You know, this team just proves just they seem to continue or are continuing to find ways to show how different they are and how it doesn't matter what's really in front of them, who's out. Like, those guys really are um, a tight group that are, they're more concerned on finding a way.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned that game about the Mavs. I mean, to me, that was a telltale sign for me that, since Luca and the Mavs usually have the Pell's number, that this team is really different than we've seen in years past.
7: Well, you know, I mean, to be honest, man, or and to be fair, Luca has a lot of people's numbers, right? It's just, yeah, that, you know, that's they, fair. They, you know, they beat, I think, Memphis by what thirty, forty points. You know, at the game two for them, I believe, and. We're very close to beating Phoenix outside if they didn't melt down in that game. So, I mean, we know what that team does. We know how good Luka is. But, yeah, um, there were so many things that were impressive about that game. Luka scored 37. And if you just look at the box score, you'll say, oh, Luka had another great game. But technically he did. But the way that they made him work, the different matchups they put on him, the way that they attacked them, the Mavericks in in whole in defensively, Um. Was different and it was very impressive. It was a big part of them winning that game. Um, Luca could have ended up making that three, and you know at at, at that point all of your efforts are kind of exhausted. But I, I just, to me, I'm I'm always worried about the approach more so than, than the result. in a lot of these cases, and that was just really really dope. It, it, it felt good to watch them win that game on, in that stage, national televised without without guys. You know, it's a you know to me it's like a Clippers win. That we've seen from them over the past few years where Clippers are without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and they still find a way to win. Or how we see Miami do how San Antonio does it. But against that guy, which, talking about Luka, against a healthy Pelicans team, it, it's difficult to beat. You know, we've seen a watch drop 50, I think, in three quarters and just do a bunch of different things, specifically in the Smoothie King Arena, for the Pelicans to buck against that, um, get off to a good start, and fight back to Dallas to Dallas Counters multiple times and end up winning that game. I mean, it's just how can you not feel good about that?
1: And you know, Chris, looking at the other side, we, we always like to make we always like to poke fun at the L.A. Lakers. You know, now they're zero and four, and they're making that Anthony Davis trade just look sweeter and sweeter by the minute.
7: Yeah, um, and you know, look, that, that's the sometimes the long game. You know, it's it would have been very difficult just a couple years ago to look back, or even dating back to early last year, to see what you know to be here. Someone would have told you when this team was one and twelve last season, like, "Hey, man, you know you're gonna you're gonna make the playoffs, take the Phoenix Suns six games, be three and one to start the next season, and oh, by the way, the Lakers are gonna be on four, and they gave you a top ten pick the previous year." You know, you wouldn't have that. That would have been a lot to kind of ingest but um yeah I, I, it's it's funny how how the tables turn, right The people just a year and some change ago, you were talking about the pelicans being the organization that was failing, the pelicans organization that had so many issues that couldn't be trusted, it needed to change, and now it's completely opposite it's you know the the service has been flipped now the pelicans look like the organization that are that are doing everything right, that have made all the right calls that have drafted well, made the right. Acquisitions and look to, look to have the most, you know, I guess you know, consistency involved. And the Lakers seem to be the one that aren't organized, that have all the controversy and the turmoil. I, it's so funny in sports how quickly narratives change. But man, I mean, you have to looking for it. A lot. Of what people don't realize outside of just this, this year, the Pelicans have another Lakers pick option outside of this year. Outside of this swap. They have the you know the ability to take the 24th or the twenty fifth pick from the Lakers, so this continues and then you go into the Milwaukee picks afterwards, like we really are going to be you know we have the pelicans have an opportunity to build something that maybe we've never seen in sports that the Lakers continue to do bad, and I mean that's saying a lot on four it's hard to see even when the Lakers might get their first win upcoming with that roster right now, how things are looking so um I, I I mean it's hard it's hard not to look at where this team and this franchise is but only, but also looking forward and say, man, it can only it can only get better and that's that's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Chris Connor of Boot Career Media, we're talking with him right now about those New Orleans Pelicans and right now I, I had talked about it before, but to me it's so incredible because you may not have A Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic, somebody that you consistently rely on to get you 35-plus and like fill out the stat sheet. But you have a bunch of different options in case a CJ McCollum or somebody else is not having that good of a night. You can always rely on a Jonas Valanciunas to put up a 30-burger and then end up getting the win for him. I just love how there's so many different scoring options. You're not relying on one, two, maybe three guys. There's just a whole rotation of guys that can do it if one guy is just having an off night?
7: Yeah, I mean, that's the depth that um, the coaching staff, the people around the organization, uh, you know, Antonio Daniels, Joe Myers, and the players have talked about that they have it. I, you know, it's even. That depth is showing for guys that maybe aren't fan favorites. And there are some guys that are fans. Everybody's contributing, Like, they, they really have ten guys deep and beyond probably that can contribute and they all seem to fit together. One guy doesn't break the entire um, puzzle of sorts. And that's big because, you know, you've seen so many different New Orleans franchises and you see them beyond to where, you know, we, we were just talking about the Lakers. The Lakers are a perfect example. I mean, they're, they're bad now, but, you know, what uh, losing LeBron James or even you know, or losing Anthony Davis for a stretch of time can make them even worse like so many teams are top heavy you know Damian Lillard is going to be out for a couple of weeks you know they were you know that team was undefeated and was in that game against Miami last night at home Damian goes out and they end up losing by a healthy margin I mean superstars and stars matter but it's always good to see a team that has a good core and that's what this level of Consistency really matters about for this organization because we've never really seen it. And it's been a while since we even been able to say, Oh, the Pelicans have had the same coach for back to back years, or oh, the Pelicans have the same starting center for back to back years. Really being able to grow with the people around you, the chemistry, the the you know, the vibes, the energy we talk about how much these guys really like each other outside of the talent, it matters. Like you said, CJ McCullum goes six for twenty, you're not supposed to win that game without your two best players and your best defender. You are just simply not. But this team clearly um, are different, and they their impact goes beyond uh, their parts. Chris, what have
1: you seen from you know Trey Murphy and, and Dyson Daniels so far? You know Murphy had the the big night the other night, going eight of eight from the field, and then Dyson contributed as well. Just kind of talk about those two young guards and what you've seen out of them so far.
7: Yeah, I, you know. Um, well, first I start with Dyson. I mean, uh, Dyson Dyson's a guy that um, I think the first thing that jumps off the page in the preseason and when you watch him on tape is that he just doesn't. He's not afraid. Like he doesn't panic in any in, in any real moment. He doesn't panic with the basketball. He doesn't make any any careless or you know uh, bad plays out of being in uncomfortable situations. He always has a way out, and that's defensively and offensively. He's very sound in his fundamentals. He trusts what he's doing on the floor. He's not afraid of. Um, anything he's up against, and I mean, hell, if that's not a uh, if if you don't if you didn't believe that by what you saw in the preseason or you know what you heard about him coming in, look at you know the fact his first game similar to Herb Jones, as soon as he checks in, he's his his uh, his assignment is Luka Doncic, and he he doesn't he, you know he forces Luka into a couple turnovers like not many rookies can be assigned to that, having only at that b- before last. Before last game, only playing three minutes of regular season basketball. That just shows, man. I mean, at nineteen as well, he is uh, he's mature beyond uh, beyond his years, and that's going to be huge because you saw how good that was for Herb, for Herb Jones, who, you know, Herb is twenty three, twenty four years old. Dice is nineteen, like this. I mean, that, that's that's you don't you don't get that opportunity to get those kind of guys in your system, and it's perfect for what Willie Green and company want and need. I think going forward in a lot of areas, and then Trey Murphy, man, it's just like we see offseason hype we see offseason videos all the time of players and it doesn't manifest it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't transfer when the when the games start he's been that exact person all the hype all the talk about a second year jump all the work that he's put in I, I talked to his father multiple times over the offseason had some conversations with his mom Trey um, you know, the, you know, the summer league, all the work that we've seen him doing, all the training, the different places he's been at, it all applied. And it's, and it's you can make an argument. He's exceeded what you thought, you know, he's been that good. We're not just talking about a guy who um, gotten better from last year and you can see him taking a step. No, he's probably taken two or three or four steps to start the season beyond what you thought. This is a guy who's playing shooting, like the best shooter in basketball. He's that good. You're watching him create off the dribble. You're watching the defense to rebound it. We could literally be talking about somebody who has an opportunity to to be in the most improved player um, award conversation, the six-man-in-a-year conversation, being involved in a three-point shootout. Like, that's – I don't think enough people talked about that or really realized that was a a, a chance. And he just – that shows what hard work can do. He put the time in, and it's showing he looks like an incredible player. Um, like leaps and bounds better than what he was even at the end of last year.
2: Yeah, and one one more for you, Chris. This one's a little more light headed, lighthearted. Since it's about to be Halloween on Monday, what's your favorite Halloween candy? <laughs>
7: That's crazy. Uh, my favorite Halloween candy, dog. No, it's, it's just so long since I've been out, uh, been involved in Halloween. What's my favorite Halloween candy?
2: Or just or just candy in general? Damn,
7: what, what would I go to, man? Um. Man, I don't really eat candy that much anymore. But I know, I know it, it probably has to be like a like a Twix. Um, I I used to that's be solid. big in like in like crunch bars back in the day. I don't really like I said, I don't really eat them that much anymore. But you know, chocolate wise, that was like that was it. I know, like I would um I would search deep in any like Halloween baskets for like Skittles and like sour Skittles <laughs> stuff like that. Like that's I'm big on those, but. Yeah, man. If if I if I gotta pick, it's probably something, you know, Twix related, Crunch Bar. I only really be like Snickers, and and that's 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 kind of crazy because I know that's like a popular candy, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's yours, man?
2: For me, uh, yeah. I'm a little more old school, and it's so controversial, but I, I go candy corn.
7: Candy corn.
2: I know, but a, oh, you need to close... be arrested immediately. <laughs> a close second for me though is Skittles. I really enjoy immediately. like immediately
7: candy corn that's number
2: one yeah I, that was like the You're first candy man. i ever
7: had you are a sick man
2: well my favorite color also is orange so it it does help with that
7: that is unbelievable <laughs> that that was the worst way to end his interview <laughs>
2: hey but we, we can always have you back on huh <laughs> absolutely man all right appreciate you chris and that was chris connor of boot crew media we're gonna go ahead and take a quick timeout. And wrap up the show, you're listening to The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the World Series Houston Astros and those LSU Tigers. Start NFL Week 8 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. A quick parlay that I whipped up for you is the Ravens money line, a Lamar Jackson over on his rushing yards, and then a Mike Evans anytime touchdown. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no sweat same game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with Fandle, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three-plus leg, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet, $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1 877 770 Stop. We're about to wrap up here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles here for Crunch Time. Appreciate both Noah Frery for re- talking about those Cajun and the Sun Belt in general, and then Chris Connor about those New Orleans Pelicans. Also, don't forget to listen to Thursday Night Football here on the game when it's the Ravens versus the Bucks. You've been listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. You have a good night.